Well, what a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. We are so grateful that we were able to go to Mexico last week and do mission strict for a week. And we are grateful to be back. It was hot in Mexico, let me tell you. It was hot. We worked every day and uh, we travel outside within the same state of Chiapas. Sometimes travel two or three hours to get to the place, work, and then come back. But it was a great blessing. We were back uh, 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 Wednesday evening after getting up at 3 in the morning to be able to be at the airport by 4. But I want to show you some pictures really quick of the, of the first picture is the before and after. You see that mango tree with the two pews. That was the Sunday school classroom for the kids. For 15 years they gathered there. A very poor community of believers that they didn't have the means, but thanks to your generosity and the offering that we took from Chartel Missions Committee into Chiapas, we were able to build that beautiful classroom. Uh, we, we thank the Lord for that. They will never meet you and you will never meet them. But your name, the Chartel name and the, the work that you did will be forever imprinted on those walls. When we got there, we were able to put the roof on that. We put all, we, I mean, Jeremy, and uh, put all the wiring. And there's some other pictures right there. Yeah, you can see uh, the people that went with me. We gave uh, uh, stuff for the kids. And see, that's what we needed, tall people. Brother Rick painting right there without the need of getting anywhere. And then Jalen. So it was a blessing to just to, to give gifts to the kids and to the people. We put the roof on that church. Uh, it's interesting that Jeremy wrote and he said that what it might seem as an abandoned barn here in the U.S., it's a very beloved church building in Mexico City. The very minute we had finished putting the roof on that church, the people came inside and they started singing, singing thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord. We lift our hands in gratitude. It was just a very touching moment. We were crying. I mean, it was just so many special uh, times that we had. So on behalf of, uh, of uh, just the church, I want to say thank you to you for your generosity. We thank the Lord for what he did in Chiapas, Mexico, and that he uh, took us and brought us back uh, to the U.S. Let's just, let's just get our hearts ready for for the word of God. Will you pray with me? As we open your word, O oh Lord, we ask that you speak to our hearts, that we can get just maybe one word as we exit out the doors of the church today that can dwell with us not only this week, but to the rest of our lives because you have spoken to us. We're ready and we receive your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm filling in for Pastor Steve. He's suffering this week in Florida, vacationing. So we need to pray for him. So he said, would you like to uh, preach on my behalf? And I am excited. Next week, we start the new sermon series, uh, Summer in the, with the Shepherds. So don't miss next week. But today, I want to talk to you about uh, what I titled the, the message, Grateful Gains. And the message is, what you gain by having a life of gratitude. Of gratitude. I don't know how many of you consider yourself how many of you consider yourself a healthy person? Would you raise your hand if you consider yourself a healthy person? Of course, most of us, health is a part of our life that we rarely consider until we have lost it. We forget how good it is to be able to do everything we do on a daily basis 
until we, until we find ourselves in bed with a fever. We forget how much we really love to work, even though sometimes we complain, until we take a vacation forced by illness. Most of us that are sitting in this place are so used to having good health that it doesn't even occur to us to thank God for it. We just take it for granted. And so, as I was writing the message, I was wondering, is there a condition, spiritually speaking, of good health for the soul? Is there a modality or of existence that represents the normal or best way of living? And I think there is. And I also believe that most of us are not living in that state. That state, of course, is gratitude. Gratitude should be the normal state of our hearts. Let me say that again. Gratitude should be the normal state of our heart, especially as the people of God. Amen? Yet, so many of us are burdened with worry, bitterness, sadness, and disappointment that it's as if our souls were constantly sick. David Brooks wrote recently about a number of studies indicating, listen to this, that there is a growing negativity in our world. Do you agree with this? They looked at pop songs and noticed that over the last 50 years, the word love has been cut in half. No wonder why you listen to pop songs is all about hate right now and about anything else. They looked at several million headlines from 47 different news outlets over several decades and noticed they were increasingly filled with anger, sadness, and disgust. And at a global level, the number of people who put themselves in the least happy population has more than doubled. We need gratitude. We need gratitude. I didn't have a chance to read the whole news this morning, but I get the news outlets on, on, my, on my phone. And it was saying that the 11 a.m. hour, it says it's becoming the most dangerous hour in America due to all the violence and everything. Not to worry, we have someone at the door taking care of us. It is true that we need gratitude in our hearts. And Jordan Orbert, a writer that I love listening to him, uh, he says that gratitude is a skill that needs to be acquired. In other words, it doesn't come naturally to us. It doesn't come, it, it needs to be learned, it needs to be practiced every day. It needs to be acquired. And, and he says that kids are a great example of this. Uh, it is so easy for a two-year-old to say, no, mine. But you never hear a two-year-old say, well, thanks, man, for this wonderful milk. I can't believe you can produce it. You never hear a two-year-old say, uh, thanks for cleaning me up, mom. What a mess I was. I am so grateful. <laughs> On Thursday, we were eating dinner with my daughter uh, with, uh, as a family. And, and Elisa, my 10-year-old daughter, she's getting ready to go to camp tomorrow. And, uh, and I told her, Elisa, can I give you an advice before you go to camp? And she replied so smiley, no, I don't need any advice. Thanks. 
Jeez, at least she said thanks. I have taught her well. Gratitude needs to be learned and practiced. Something happened to us along the way that makes us lose the sense of being grateful for the very simple things just as being able to get up every day from the bed, take a shower, or as when we came back to America, Brother Rick is here and some others that we went to the mission strip and I said, oh, there is a air conditioner here. <laughs> Simple things that really matter. Now, research shows that being grateful has enormous benefits. Just to name a few. This is, this is science, people. It reinforces new and existing relationships. Having an attitude of gratitude can reduce inflammation, reduces the likelihood of experiencing envy, narcissism, and cynicism. It improves sleeps and immune system health. Perhaps we've never thought about the importance of just being grateful. And so today I want to talk to you about three things that we gain or three, three grateful gains that Scripture attributes to a life of gratitude. Let's jump in right in. Number one, gratitude on your outline pleases God. Gratitude pleases God. Psalm 69, 30 and 31. Would you read it with me? Let's do it together. It says, I will praise the Lord God with a song and what? This will please the Lord better than offering an ox or a full-grown bull. Wow. What pleases God the most? Remember, David is writing this. He's actually singing this. And as he sings, the question comes to our minds, what pleases God the most? We may think that what pleases him the most is that we try to fulfill his commandment, of course, or that we go to church, or that we read his word and pray. And all those, these things are very important for sure. However, as David is writing or singing this song, there was something that he remembers that corresponded to them in the Old Testament days. I'm talking about the sacrificial system. Before Jesus Christ came to be the lamb to, that was sacrificed for us, people had to sacrifice animals for the remission of their sins. And this system in itself, it was not instituted by men. It was, it was not invented by men. It was invented. God himself gave the, gave the instructions to Moses for the sacrifices when he was with him on Mount Sinai. It was certain, for sure, because it was established by God, that God wanted his people to worship him with animal sacrifices at the time. However, King David, who by the way is known as a man after God's own heart, realizes that there was something else that God desired far more than just these outward practices. And he says, it was the sacrifice of a grateful heart. It was the sacrifice of a thankful heart. And so today there are practices that correspond to those sacrifices. We could mention all the things that outwardly identify us as Christians. There are things like going to church, giving our offering, praying publicly when we eat and 
More could be mentioned when we traveled to Chiapas last Wednesday. Uh, we all uh, wore a uh, yellow shirt that says Chiapas Mission Strip, and people in the United States and in Mexico could easily identify us when, when we arrive at the airport late at night around 11 p.m. In, in Tuxla, which is the city. A lady that was just passing by as we were waiting for the rest of the crew, she said in Spanish, thank you for coming to serve the people of Chiapas. There are many things that identify us as Christians. Many of you, as you go out for lunch today, you will pray publicly because that is what we do. And all of these things are good for sure, but, but again, God wants something more important. He wants us to offer him our heartfuls of gratitude. He's looking for grateful people in the world. And with this simple sacrifice, he is pleased. That's what the Psalm 100 verse 1 says. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Having a grateful heart toward God keeps us from becoming religious people. The people of Israel were so used to the practice without the thanksgiving that they started to bring lame sheep, blind sheep, sick sheep. They were bored doing the same thing over and over again. And, and the Lord had to speak, of course, and he used his prophet Isaiah on chapter 29, verse 13. And he said... Since these people turn toward me with their mouths and honor me with lip service, listen, while their heart is what? Distant from me. And their fear of me is just a human command that has been memorized. Of course, when, you, when, when we do things, when we do all the things that are outwardly visible, but we forget the most important, which is having a grateful attitude, then we can become like these people. The Lord forbid for us to become like that. So the best protection against a religion of routine, a religion that has lost its flavor, that pleases or satisfies neither God nor the one who practices is a grateful heart. So if you find yourself that you have stopped thanking God and you have not met him with a grateful heart, let me give you and advice this morning, and please don't answer like my daughter did on Thursday. When you serve God, do it with gratitude. When you come to church, think about the reasons you have to thank God. When you pray, don't just ask God for your needs. Thank Him for what He has given you. And I dare to say, even for the things He has not given you. Because after all, we don't follow him for what he gives us. We follow him for who he is. Find new reasons to thank God. The psalmist invites us to sing a new song to the Lord. And the word new is an important part of our praise to God. Let us not always say the same thing. He says, find new reasons to thank God. New ways to please him today with a grateful heart. Second. Gratitude helps us be rooted in Christ. Yes, yes, it helps us be firm in Christ. Look what uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 
says, and of course, it is our desire, everyone who is sitting in this place wants to be rooted in Christ. That's the very reason we're here. Colossians 2, 6, 7 says, So live in Christ Jesus the Lord in the same way as you receive him. Read it with me, please. Be rooted and built up in him. Be established in faith and overflow with thanksgiving just as you were taught. Now, again, the question, how can we be rooted in Christ without stumbling? The answer is easy. Be filled with gratitude. Be filled with gratitude. I think that we rarely think about the need for gratitude for our spiritual health. However, in the atmosphere of a spiritual sickness, criticism, discouragement, laziness, all of these things flourish when there is a lack of gratitude in the heart. You may remember uh, what happened to the people of Romans chapter 1. I didn't put this on the outline. But there was a group of people that, that, that didn't have gratefulness in their heart. They thought they knew the things of God. Things like we just talked about earlier. Going to church, doing everything. But they missed their gratitude. And, and look what Paul says on Romans chapter 1 verse 21. Listen to this. He says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. And here's the word, or give thanks to him. And so what happened when you don't have a life of gratitude? What happened specifically to this group of people? He says, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Wow. It's like the story of the grandpa who was taking a nap on the couch. And while he was sleeping, his grandson came and put cheese on his mustache. You know how grandkids are. So the grandfather got up from his nap and he smelled something didn't smell good. And, and he said, the living room stinks. So he went to the kitchen trying to find what was the problem. And then he said... The kitchen stinks. And then so he got really upset and went outside the door to open the doors to try to find relief from the smelling. He smelling. He said, the whole world stinks. <laughs> you know what was the problem. You will find what you are looking for. Um, John Orver says that, in order to be grateful, we need to, put, we need to put gratitude in practice. This means we're not only to think about being grateful, but it is so helpful to write it down. Because our mind is so fragile, we forget. In fact, you probably will forget about this message later on the week. And, and I'm not getting that against you. Um, it's, just, it's just the way we are. If I was to ask you, how many of you remember Pastor Steve's last his message last Sunday, don't answer. It is true. We, we forget. So, so John Orver says we're to, we're to put practice, uh, we're to put practice uh, in paper and, and think about, uh, for instance, three things daily that you are grateful for. And you'll find that if, if I was to ask you to write three things that you are grateful for, some of you may have 
problem thinking about it. Uh, what are three things I'm grateful for? Contrary, if I was to tell you, write three things that you want to complain about, we quickly would start getting our paper and say, let me give you ten things in less than a minute. Because that's how we are. We have to practice. And, 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 and we are bombarded every day with negative thoughts and discouragement. All you have to do is talk to the friend at work or, or turn on the news outlets or just listen everywhere you go. And it is so easy to, to have negative thoughts and discouragement, gratitude. I put that on your outline. Gratitude is like a disinfectant that protects us from the germs of bitterness, discouragement, and distraction. So what we really need is a good daily dose of gratitude. Amen? If you want to be protected, when you feel discouraged, count your blessings. If you want to stand firm in your faith, don't stop being grateful. Remember the great things that the Lord has done and thank Him in advance. If He did it once, He will do it again. I believe it. Amen. And last but not least, gratitude will help you live in peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything but prayer and supplication, and here's the word, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Read it with me, if you will. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds... In Christ Jesus. Once again, we find a key word here for the peace of God to guard our hearts. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And he repeats, again I say to you, rejoice. And of course, this includes living in gratitude. It is impossible to rejoice in the Lord if we are not grateful. In order to be joyful... We need to have reasons to be, to be thankful for. And of course, as the people of God, we need to find, we need to remember in the things that the Lord has uh, done for us and how He has shown His grace time after time after time. And so, verse 6 and 7 are even clearer. They say that gratitude is key for the peace of God. To reign in our hearts. So if we lack peace, it could very well be because we are not as grateful as we think we are. And so the idea of being grateful in every situation may seem strange to us. We might think of it as a kind of escape of pretending that things are different from, from what they are. The story is told of a lady who always expressed her gratitude. No matter what, she would always say, I am so grateful. One day, a large amount of snow fell and she arrived at work wet and freezing cold. One of her colleagues asked her what had happened to her and she replied that she had left her car at the bottom of a hill and she had to crawl to work in the snow to avoid slipping. As a result, she was drenched with water and nearly cold to death. 
And I am so thankful, she added. His colleague couldn't believe it. You got your car stuck in the snow. You had to crawl through the snow to get to work. You're soaked and cold, and you are thankful, he said. What reason in the world do you have to be thankful for? The woman replied, it was dark. No one saw me. <laughs> so when you listen a message about being grateful for everything, we may believe that living in an attitude of gratitude is having this kind of attitude which denies the reality of the negative things that happen to us and always find something good. And it is, of course, highly recommended to have this attitude up to a certain point. But listen, church, we don't have to pretend that bad things don't happen to us. We don't have to pretend that everything will work out for the best. We can recognize that there are things we don't understand that God's ways are sometimes hidden from our eyes. Um, Eli uh, Wiesel, and I might be mispronouncing his last name, got the Nobel Prize for being a survivor of the Holocaust. And he said... Um, that no one is as capable of gratitude as the one who has emerged from the kingdom of the night. No one is as capable of gratitude as the one who has emerged from the kingdom of the night. It's the same place that Jesus was when he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? If you have lived long enough, you might have been in the kingdom of the night. And sometimes it's very, very difficult to find a reason to say things. If you are in an abusive relationship, if you are bondage of sin, if your body is not responding, if you have a terminal illness, if finances are not there, how can we be thankful when the world around us is crumbling? How can we find a reason to say thanks? And so John Halt gives us a little insight about this. He uh, got sick and his sickness... Uh, went down to the point that he became blind. And as he stumbled into blindness or descended into blindness, he came to church one time. He had to get help from someone to come and sit. And then as he was sitting on the dark place, unable to see anything or anyone around him, he started complaining towards God and said, Lord, how can I find a reason to say thanks when I can no longer see to do the things that I was able to do? But then he says the worship started and the organ and the piano started and the choir of the church 
started singing praises to the Lord. And as he listens to the song, he said, I had an encounter with God. All of a sudden, I had a vision. My eyes couldn't see, but I could see the presence of God. And I began to think, if blindness is a gift, it's not a gift that I want. But as I started feeling the presence of God, then I say to myself, could it be, could it be that in my blindness, I have an advantage, advantage to reconnect with God even beyond what other people who can see can't. So I prayed, Lord, is this is a gift, I accept it. If this is a gift, I accept it. And so John Orbert says that as grateful people of God, it's good to see not only to think about the things we're grateful, but he dares to say, look even at the bad things that have happened to you. Because the people who are most grateful are those who have emerged from the kingdom of the night. So, uh, um, Ellie Weasel said, I, I was a survivor of the Holocaust in a minute. My whole world came to the end. My whole future was dark, and I didn't know if I was going to survive or not. But he said, in the Judaism culture, there is only one prayer that we will not pray as he was giving a conference to people. And of course, everyone was interested to know what was that prayer that, that, that Jewish people cannot pray. And he said, the only prayer we don't pray is a prayer for a martyr. And I, I hope I pronounced that well. M-A-R-T-Y-R. A prayer for a martyr. And he says... The reason we don't pray a prayer for a martyr is this. We are always to keep the hope alive. We are always to believe that God will intervene even in the last minute. When we find ourselves caught in the storm, we don't have to be thankful just because it's dark and no one can see us like the lady we can be grateful because God has promised to be with us always. Because he has promised that something good will come out of the situation. Because even if the temporary situation is black, our eternal destiny is assured. When everything looks dark, thank God for his light. So let me ask you a question to end. How is your heart health today? And I don't mean the condition of your arteries, although you have to take care of that as well. But what I mean is if you're living in gratitude, are you protecting your life with thanks to God? If so, let me assure you something. The peace of God will come and reign in your heart. But if you find that you complain too much, even if you don't want to, don't feel bad. Rather, the process of change begins. 
Perhaps you can start today by thanking God for this message that his word has given to you. The message that life is better with gratitude. One bumper sticker reads, God allows U-turns. So if you haven't been living in gratitude, turn around and start expressing your gratitude to God for the blessings of life, of fellowship, of forgiveness, of salvation. You will see that the change begins. And as someone says, gratitude always works. Gratitude always works. This is the word of the Lord this morning. So in a moment, we're going to pray. But before we do, I think it's fitted that we, that we sing to the Lord and we tell him, Lord, I bring an offering to you. I just didn't came myself. I brought my gratitude with me. Let's pray together. Our Father, we are so grateful that you've spoken to our hearts this morning. And Lord, we recognize that it is easier to say things when everything is going well. But the challenge becomes when we are not doing good. When we are perhaps in the kingdom of the night. Lord, your word teaches us that having a grateful life will bring grateful gains, many gains that will help us stand firm in Christ. Lord, I pray today that as we exit out the doors of this church, that we will keep an attitude of gratitude. That we will, we will dare to say things as we emerge from the kingdom of the night. That it doesn't matter what our situation is because our thankfulness to you is not a matter of our feelings. It's not about how we think we are doing. It's about recognizing, God, your goodness. That you are the light in the midst of our darkness. And sooner or later, Lord, you will give us the victory. Not because I say so, but because your word says so. So, Lord, we, we pray today that you find us with a grateful heart. Because that will please you more than anything. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your people that have come today. May you do a miracle in the lives of those that are grateful to you. It is in Jesus' powerful name that we pray. And everyone says, Amen.